Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness. Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, and much more. Now, let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. <laughs> but um yeah but with kind of the structure of my show I do like a quick intro basically kind of it's what people fill out in the Calendly sign up and then yeah we'll just we'll dig into the interview and we'll go to through the questions and I you know I basically let the guests have the floor and like when they get to the end of like a certain question, I can tell there might be I'll ask the next question or there might be some things I might add in. Cause like why yeah. I send out to people, it's like a general, there are general questions that guide this the people's story, but there are some things that are specific that I just think of in the moment, like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Cause like yeah. someone recently they were in, um, I interviewed someone who is in the clown ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh tell me more about tell that tell me more about that please <laughs> yeah, I'm like this is interesting yeah they you never know what's gonna happen where it's gonna go but I feel like the general questions really help guests chronologically get their stories in their mind yeah I I went back and I watched uh or listened to rather um Janice Selby's episode because oh, I was very oh, intrigued yes. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God. But like, it gave me a really good idea of like how, uh-huh. you know, the flow of the podcast yeah. goes. So, uh huh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I loved interviewing her so much. I'm glad we could connect. Oh. For sure. Awesome. So, yeah, um, I'm ready to get started if you are. Are you comfortable with that? Yes. Okay. So, just want to clarify just name. So, Ellis Arlo, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay got you all right hello everyone this is speaking up with andrew pledger and i'm excited to have ellis arlo on the show today this is their first time publicly sharing their story and i just want to put that out there because i know how hard that can be and i want to validate that and say just kudos to you for doing that having the strength but before we get into the interview, I want to do a quick intro for Ellis. So Ellis is a young adult who started deconstructing within the past couple of years and has since come out as non-binary and queer. They still live in their hometown and are working their dream job as a library assistant. They participate in a community theater in their free time as the theater and their town is a queer safe space they love movies books and expressing themselves creatively through content creation on youtube and twitch thank you so much for coming on the show today i'm so excited for the conversation we're going to have and excited for you sharing your story for the first time 
Yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited. Um it is it is the first time really talking mm -hmm. about it. Um I had actually mentioned this like uh in counseling that mm -hmm. I was gonna be doing this. And mm -hmm. um so uh you know among this is among the first conversations I've had with people about this mm -hmm. and being really real and being really frank mm -hmm. um and really understanding um my own deconstruction process for the first time probably and and um having a grasp on where I came from and how it affected me and mm -hmm. um you know like how it still affects me to this day so mm -hmm. mm, yes sure. most definitely and so what was your childhood like regarding religion which i know is a loaded question there's so much involved in that so <laughs> approach it however you want to yeah um so i guess i guess uh the best context would be to say uh my childhood was southern baptist i grew mm -hmm. up in a small county church where everyone knew everyone um but it was very much like the vibe of the place was very much um friendships were like surface level mm -hmm. like there's definitely this this um if you if you grow up in the bible belt or like southern america you yeah. are completely steeped in religion everywhere you go yeah. but if you come into a church you know what you would expect is like oh like people really get to know each other people are like um welcoming or whatever like that's what they say they are mm -hmm. um but it is very much on a surface level mm -hmm. um everything's polite and it's all about appearances and everyone has this like distance from each other mm -hmm. um you know but everyone knows everyone um so i went to school with the same kids that i went to church with all the adults in my life um you know were in the church mm -hmm. um very much just like every aspect of my life was mm. christian it it was christian and it was baptist christian um my parents um my dad and my mom um my dad was and still is to this day very conservative and very um mm, yeah i would say more fundamentalist leaning mm -hmm. um in 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 the southern baptist religion and my mother um when she married him and they started going to this specific church um she always wanted to kind of follow him because you know it's a very patriarchal environment they want you to um kind of be submissive to your husband and they want you to um uh go along with you know what he says and support him because he's the head of the house um so you know as as harmless as my mom was mm. i i definitely saw her as kind of a victim of of the religion as well um because everything we did like all of our friends all of our family everybody was same religion from the same church so it was very much like that um but around late middle school early high school mm -hmm. um my dad was unfaithful to my mom 
and they were having issues in their marriage and she decided to get a divorce and this decision she wanted to make it for a long time but Mm -hmm. um you know obviously in uh this community that is like a no-no like oh yeah uh, Mm -hmm. no matter who did Mm -hmm. what um if you file the papers, you're the one being ungodly. You're the uh, one breaking the rules. You mm, know, like you don't get a divorce. That's you made a uh, you made a you made a vow before God. Mm. And you know, even though there was a startling lack of effort to repair things on my dad's side, the fact that she filed the divorce, like she was asked to step, she was teaching Sunday school at the time. Oh she was very God. involved in the church. Yeah. She was like the most faithful person that Mm -hmm. I've ever met and I I say all this about my mom because our stories are so entwined Mm, together and you'll see more about that in a second I guess when I explain um but um she's the most faithful faithful person I've ever met the most good person I've ever met Mm -hmm. um she was just at the core of her being a light to other people Mm -hmm. um but because of our religion and the way they teach you to view yourself and to view God, um, that light in her, she always attributed to not her, like, no, nothing Mm -hmm. about her could ever be good. It's from God, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and so everything she does ever should be for God and Mm -hmm. she doesn't matter. Um, stuff like that. Um, and she had been teaching in the church. She did everything right. Um, but when she filed for this divorce, of course, everyone immediately knew about it. And they asked her to step down from her teaching position um, because it wasn't a godly oh. example to mm. the girls because she was teaching like um, high school girls, you know, and they were like, well, what kind of example does this set that you're like condoning divorce? And, you know, like and oh. um, it was so messy, so mm-hmm. awful. Um so what happened was my dad stayed in the church and then my did mother... they sorry did they punish him in any way no your dad? absolutely not <laughs> of course absolutely not. oh my god uh, <laughs> no not, not at but... all uh, not uh, at all he still goes there to this day and uh, is like a okay. well-respected member mm-hmm. um, okay and no one you know like even if they know what really happened no they don't you know like they uh <laughs> we're not gonna no that's not possible because you know man no, can only do right in that environment not. godly yeah. man can only do right. not possible like not possible. to do bad yeah <laughs> is that yeah. cognitive dissonance they have to deal with and they just they would rather not look at oh the issue goodness. yes and they you know they have this black and white view and the thing is if they see an experience that contradicts that black and white view they have they try their best to make it work into their belief system or explain it away or blame the woman for it like oh this is why the man was unfaithful you did this you did uh anyways but yes. sorry the, the mental acro- no no the mental acrobatics i definitely mm-hmm. um i definitely when i was thinking about like talking mm-hmm. about this openly and making notes and stuff um I did you know write down a lot about like how it is easy it's it like fundamentalist Christianity and even a lot of mainstream Christianity that claims not to be like 
mm-hmm. um, hardcore or whatever. Like to this day, I will lis- try and listen to like um, like non-denominational or like modern and hip sermons. But what they're saying is still so harmful and like it it mm. it um it takes the human out of people because you're supposed mm. to be this vessel for god you're supposed uh. to be not yourself you're so like i literally was listening in on um you know my my um my stepfather um is is christian um and he and my mom had very like healthy relationships with religion mm-hmm. um and he watches Andy Stanley who does like sermons and then they're Mm -hmm. online on YouTube and they're pretty popular and they're contemporary Mm -hmm. and they're very new Testament based. So you would think Mm -hmm. that that would be like the most mild version of it. Right. Yeah. But the entire sermon that I overheard was like, you have to be a servant of God and you give up, you, you are a living sacrifice for god like uh, your whole life you live for him uh, yeah and you take the you out of it uh, and so it's it's this very like that that was um something i always had problems with growing up because i mm-hmm. i've always had a strong personality i've always been very individual yeah. i've always been very passionate about things mm-hmm. and compassionate towards other people mm-hmm. and there's this there's this mentality in christianity that's like it's all about God and it's all about eternity. Mm-hmm. It's not about right now. It's not about mm-hmm. this life and it's not about mm-hmm. the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. So all these horrible things would be happening on the news and like, you know, Christians would be like, oh, thoughts and prayers. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm screaming yeah. and no one can hear me. Like, what's wrong mm-hmm. like with you guys? Like, where's your humanity? Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, like not caring about the environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, um like any any issue like that um and like COVID-19 not caring yes, about yes <laughs> like mm. Christianity is so perfectly designed mm-hmm. to be able to give people um easy answers when things get rough mm-hmm. and to give people excuses not to be responsible for like mm. their own lives and the yes. world around them mm-hmm. for sure like not to be good people or good citizens of the world and good to each other, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can say that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you ask a Christian, um, you know, if ask any of my family members, um, what is Christianity to you? Like, what is it, what is the purpose of it? And they're like, oh, to love other people. But then it's like, okay, so when I came out to you as non-binary and you rejected me, and when I said I was queer and that I could end up marrying like a woman or a man and you said you wouldn't come to my wedding you know that was you putting your religion ahead of your Mm -hmm. love for me that was not you loving me that was that was you um foregoing Mm -hmm. real human issues Mm -hmm. to maintain your narrow worldview Mm -hmm. that is something that I haven't been able to articulate and put words to, but it's a feeling, yeah. an overwhelming mm-hmm. feeling that I've had since childhood. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And like yeah. what you're describing, um, it's part of Lifton's criteria for thought control. It's um, it's called doctrine over the person. It doesn't matter what the person goes through in their life. The doctrine is always more important. And 
Lifton, this scientist, saw this a lot in cultic groups and other high control groups of situations where no the rules matter and like divorce is another issue like the rules of staying married trump any abuse or any toxicity or anything within that and that is so so harmful and so i just wanted to like put that information out there yeah Yeah. i definitely will be looking into this after yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but um yeah so my 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 childhood um, you know, the beginning point was kind of that. And then, um, Mm -hmm. middle school, high school, the divorce happens. And, um, this is when I started noticing that I had real issues with anxiety and depression. Um, Mm. a lot of my journey with, with religious trauma and just my life journey in general, um, has a lot to do with mental health during my adolescence. Mm. Um, I struggled severely with, uh, anxiety and depression and um that was like I you know and in talking about it or trying to talk about it with these people in my life that were religious um at a certain point in the conversation it's kind of deferred to God like a like an, I'll mm. pray for you or like you need to pray you know like a there's people don't want to take responsibility and say you need this love and care and help and I'm going Mm -hmm. to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to put in that effort to try and understand you on a human level Mm -hmm. and not just within the parameters of my religious worldview, Mm. you know, like the, the human level of things I was, I've always been at the human level. I've always been very real and genuine and honest. Everything I've ever done and said, um, I'm a very passionate person. You know, everything I've ever done and said has always been genuine and mm. always been at a at this like deep desire to connect human to human. Mm. And so when people in my life, when I was reaching out and saying, hey, I need help, I'm a human in trouble, you know, mm-hmm. will you as a human be there for me and help me and try to understand me? Mm-hmm. I was not met with that. And so that was a lot, a lot, a lot of the beginning of my trauma. And that kind of developed into like, self-harm and like struggles with food and um using like an eating disorder as a form of self-harm because Mm. it was like it was like um if i make my internal pain physical Mm -hmm. will they listen to me will they see Mm. me you know like does is it real enough yet you know Mm. like wow uh and um and i remember like you know, I, I never wanted to burden people with my issues. And I would, I would mm-hmm. be like every night, just like crying mm-hmm. and praying for God to take my mental illness away mm-hmm. because, you know, and all my counseling was religious uh. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard, I've heard in some of your past episodes, you talk about that you had like yeah religious counseling. So, you know, you know, what, yeah what's up how with that sh- shitty it is yeah and yeah. like it's not science-based at all and again it's like what you talked about earlier this person that they just want to fit your experiences into their worldview they're not trying to yeah. really see you like you're saying as a human as a person you're like their little missionary project in a sense yes and that's <laughs> that was a huge red 
flag oh my goodness mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because like yeah whenever um like um when I was in the church and we would go on like mission trips um oh my god mission trips wow Ugh, what a, yeah. what a can of worms um <laughs> you know there's this there's such this pretense of like oh we're helping people we're going and helping people mm -hmm. but the whole time um like we went to new orleans to help with like hurricane katrina relief mm -hmm. and um we were encountering like so many people who who had been through such horrible things and we were visiting the Salvation Army where people who were experiencing homelessness were living, people who were experiencing drug problems, getting mm -hmm. their kids taken away from them, people yeah. who had really seen how mm -hmm. horrible a place the world could be. Mm -hmm. And I was like a middle schooler and they were mm -hmm. packing us on a bus and taking us over here. And our job was not to sit there and be mm -hmm. compassionate and listen to them. Our job was to steer the conversation towards religion and try mm. to save their soul so we could say that we did, you know, mm -hmm. and that yeah. that coming home from that trip. It just did not sit right with me and mm -hmm. I couldn't tell why at the time mm -hmm. because, you know, I was a child <laughs> yeah. and, you know, everyone around me is like, oh, we did such a good thing by going here. Like we're saving them mm. and it never sat right with me and I couldn't figure out why, but mm -hmm. it's exactly what you were saying. It's, 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 um, not meeting people on a human level. It is, it is doctrine over person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that was the biggest red flag ever. Mm -hmm. And so that's where like, I, you know, I, unlike a lot of people who might be coming out of like religion, mm -hmm. like I would, I, I believed and I wanted to believe, mm -hmm. but I was never so wrapped up on it, in it that I was um, willing to dismiss my doubts at any mm -hmm. point. Like, you yeah. know, the doubt was always there. I was always mm -hmm. uncomfortable. I was always like, I'm missing something. Like I, yeah. like there's something wrong with this and I can't put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so that was like that wasn't when I decided to leave um what made me leave and probably the most significant and most recent thing um I actually haven't like begun to officially deconstruct until like this past mm -hmm. year but I can't confidently say that I'd been a believer since like high school mm -hmm. yeah um I definitely was on my way out the door Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I kept get being pulled back by like those, mm -hmm. you know, the manipulation and the, the guilt and, and yes. the, what if everyone else is right and I'm wrong, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes you're facing a large group of people and logically you want to think that if there's a problem, it has to be you because you're one person against all mm -hmm. of these people yeah. that you know in mm -hmm. your life Yeah, because they all seem to be okay. And so I must be doing something wrong to be this mm -hmm. mentally ill and to be struggling this much mm -hmm. and to be like wanting to die. Like, I don't, you know, like, I, mm -hmm. like not finding life worth living. That must mm -hmm. be a me problem. I must not be doing something right within my religion. Um, yeah. And just the, something I guess I want to say in response mm -hmm. to that is there are more people than you think in that environment who are questioning 
but who are also afraid mm-hmm. of speaking up and what other people think. And I think yeah. another factor to consider too is like um, the theory of intersectionality of how um, the our identities and our environment interact. And I think that was something that I had to understand when I left the environment I grew up in. I'm like, okay, like there are some people where there are certain aspects that aren't as harmful for them because of their identity or their social identity or who they happen to be like a straight white man <laughs> in this patriarchal environment. Like I'm not saying there can't be harm. I'm, I think right. there can be but in some, different. but it's different. And so I think that's important to understand that, you know, who we are, we cannot help that. And there are environments that like don't allow us to do that and cause a lot of harm and cause a lot of trauma. And again, there are people in the environment who are secretly questioning, but are afraid also. And sorry, I just wanted to say that to validate that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No. And it was, and that, you know, that was the case because mm-hmm. my, who I was somebody mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. was queer and yeah, born a woman so was you know at the time like oh I'm mm-hmm. I'm a woman and I'm sitting here listening to all this mm-hmm. um all this doctrine about what I should be like and I'm not mm-hmm. fitting into this and mm-hmm. I'm you know like I'm not fitting into the Christian environment I was extrapolating that and being like mm-hmm. oh I must not fit in this world mm-hmm. this you know I don't fit in this life I don't belong here mm. um you know like and that you know, this, the black and white thinking, mm-hmm. um, if I can't fit in here, I can't fit in anywhere. Mm. And, you know, like every, every failure of mine snowballed. And mm. I was like, I can't do anything right. Like I'm never going to make it in this world because I'm hurting so much mm. and, and no one gets it. And, you know, like, I, I can't do this and, um, feeling so hopeless um you know and um you know and like and that like culminated in like high school like um like a suicide attempt that Um, mm. uh nobody knew about and um to this day very few people know about Mm. um and it was just another instance of like oh well everything's going back to normal around Mm. me while I am freaking out and Mm -hmm. crumbling on the inside. Um, So mental health, poor mental health, Mm -hmm. coming from that identity into a religious environment is very Mm -hmm. dangerous. And I learned that very quickly Mm -hmm. Um, because I felt like such an outsider. I felt Mm -hmm. like I don't fit in. None of these other people are dealing with this. There must be something wrong with me. Mm. Um, So that feeling you know, I just, I just want to, like, put that out there, like, anyone who has that feeling, like, you're not crazy, Mm -hmm. and you're not an outsider who doesn't belong in this world, it's just Mm. that there are environments that are not welcoming to you, and are not built for you, Mm -hmm. you know, there, these environments were built for people who are more neurotypical, and have Mm -hmm. the resources within themselves to, you know, they don't have the struggles that would hinder them from being like sticking to this narrow worldview mm-hmm. and disregarding everything outside it. But like mm-hmm. my mental illness was forcing me to confront things yeah. 
and um, get real and get doubtful and um, re- ultimately realize that this isn't working and mm-hmm. this faith maybe isn't what I was told it was mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And like, I relate to so much to, you, to what you were saying, because it's when you're in that situation and you don't have access or have relationships with people outside that group, it's really easy to imagine that, oh my gosh, like there's nowhere else I could possibly um, fit in either. And it, it is so isolating because as people, like we need to be we need those relationships where we can be ourselves, where we can be authentic, where every part of us is seen, heard, understood, and accepted. And then when you don't get those like social needs met, and in addition to other things that are going on in your life, like it it does cause a lot of mental health issues. And it's really like our mind or brain trying to tell us that something is wrong and we need to adjust, but it's hard to do that in that environment when you're so indoctrinated and you're so isolated and you're afraid to also talk about it because again like that doctrine of a person like all the spiritual bypassing that happens like oh like here's a bible verse do this or oh you're not trusting enough (laughs) just pray like it's like you said like they have all these easy answers for these life things but life is complex and has a lot of gray and life is not black and white and it's just it's so frustrating and so in your questioning journey what were some big things that you had to deconstruct like teachings in that environment so i would say the biggest thing that i had to deconstruct was um self-worth and self-identity um this belief that i am fundamentally as a human being like wrong Mm -hmm. Um, like original sin um and that everything good in me was a gift from god and therefore i should use it to glorify him Mm -hmm. because i have looked back in my life and i found that this entire time when i was looking for help from other people and from Mm -hmm. god Mm -hmm. i didn't get it Mm -hmm. and I found the strength within myself and the resilience Mm. within myself somehow. I don't know how Mm. how I did that to pick myself up and say, no more. Mm. I'm in charge of my life now. I'm not part of some predestined plan. I don't accept the destiny that this God has laid out for me because Mm. so far, all it has brought me is pain and suffering. Mm. So my life is my own now and I'm going to go build one for myself that I find worth living because Mm. I'm, I can't sit here anymore and try harder to fit into this box that I can't fit in. Mm. And, um, it was, it was the most life-changing thing. Um, I actually, it got a lot worse before it got better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My mother actually um, passed away uh, mm. in uh, 2021. Mm. And wow. I have a lot to say about that. But um, um, 
there was this period of complete darkness Mm. um and a second attempt on my life Mm. um literally the day before I had my first day at my job Mm, um I had gotten so anxious and overwhelmed and had no belief in myself Mm. you know like that I could do it you know I'd gone into the interview just like okay well maybe you know Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a shot one last chance and uh, I got the job and then I freaked out and I was like there's no way I can do this Mm. like um like I don't I'm not intelligent I'm not smart Mm. I'm not talented all those things are like things I was told were gifts from God and I don't even know how to use them I don't know who Mm -hmm. I am you know I don't know what my favorite color is like Mm -hmm. like you know like being completely lost Mm -hmm. uh and thankfully it was a failed attempt because Mm. I went into (laughs) I went into the job the next day and from that day forward I was like, it took a lot of work. I was mentally training myself Mm. to make decisions only because I wanted to make them. Not because I think that this would make these members of my family pleased, Mm. that this wouldn't upset them, that this doesn't, this falls in line with like what they'd want me to do in a spiritual sense. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like I started taking, I took the reins of my life and I said, um you know god never did anything for me so i'm Mm. gonna do it for myself and i did and Mm -hmm. now i have like my dream job i'm i'm helping Uh, the community particularly youth in my community yeah um and and being really hands-on and Mm -hmm. um you know providing the public with like free resources that they Mm -hmm. wouldn't get anywhere else um because libraries are like one of the last pillars Mm. of like you know like um decency in that Mm -hmm. anybody can walk in there for free and exist and learn and Mm -hmm. you know and um that's something I believe in so Mm -hmm. I'm working in things I'm passionate about and I um I took a step back from school because I realized I was going to Mm. please everybody else yeah and that it was killing me inside and I needed to do some reevaluation before I went back Mm-hmm. And um, even though it was a risk and people were telling me this is not a good idea, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I'm going to do it anyway. And yeah. so I did. And it worked out. That's and good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing so great and I'm so happy. And I realized that like, you know, now, oh man. And, and, and now the craziest part is like, like I'm going by my chosen name now and mm-hmm. I'm expressing myself. I'm wearing what mm-hmm. I want. I'm presenting myself how I want. Um, I'm doing all my creative hobbies. Like I mm-hmm. want to, I'm living a life mm-hmm. that I'm living life mm-hmm. and I'm really, I'm seizing the day, you know, and I've had at least three separate family members personally come to me and tell me that they are concerned about me and they're worried about me and the decisions I make and the spiritual huh. consequences that they're going to have telling me that I'm going to like go to hell for being uh, like non-binary and queer. And that, mm, um, if um, I marry a woman, I'm like ruining my life. 
and that if I don't go back to school, like, you know, my mother would be so disappointed in me. Mm. And I've gotten so defensive because I'm like, you know, like it's, it's a slap in the face because I grew up begging like for somebody to help me and Mm. nobody did. And then I did. And now they're upset, you know, like now, now everyone's (laughs) like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing everything right now. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm on the right path for once. And now Mm -hmm. everyone's concerned, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they weren't concerned when I was like literally Mm -hmm. injuring myself and not eating and starving to death and Mm -hmm. making attempts on my life and like hating who I was as a person Mm -hmm. and not living authentically and not letting, like keeping my big, huge, awesome personality in a cage Uh you know they they weren't concerned about me at all then because I fit into their little narrow worldview Mm -hmm. and now that I've exploded out into Uh living my life they're upset because Mm. it confronts what they believe I Mm. guess and Mm. um and that is why I've been so vocal because I know that there's a thousand little other you know me's out there that Mm -hmm. are going through the same thing and Mm. i'm i'm very passionate about um being a like a beacon in my everyday Mm -hmm. life yeah people that are struggling like that you know because Mm -hmm. everybody deserves to feel like their life is worth living Mm. and if your religion is what's keeping you from Mm -hmm. that you know leave Mm-hmm. It, you know it's you don't owe it to anybody to stay you yeah. owe it to yourself to live mm. and to not oppress yourself like that mm. yes wow so powerful and so so true and as we get towards the end of this interview what advice do you have for people who are stuck in these environments My biggest piece of advice is that it's going to be so difficult Mm -hmm. making this change to, to, to leave and to deconstruct and to confront all of these beliefs that you've maybe had your whole life. Um, But everything that you need is already inside of you. You know, you're Mm, not some, a fundamentally bad human who deserves to go to hell. You are amazing and capable and that doubt inside of you, that's potential for you to Mm. really be living your best life. And um, it's, it is difficult. Religion is easy. Leaving it is hard, Mm. but the authenticity and the freedom and the joy you know, like they, you know, Christianity promises you this inner fulfillment and joy. And if you're not getting it, it's a sign. Like Mm -hmm. you can leave and you can make that joy for yourself. Mm, Yes. Mm, Most definitely. Yes. And I just want to make sure, is there anything else you would like to cover in your story or something else you want to talk about? Um, I definitely did want to mention my mom, Mm -hmm. um, if possible. Um, the reason I officially started deconstructing was her. 
Mm. um, when she did pass in 2021, um, because she was that faithful person who was that light and did everything right, you know, and, and, uh, the church failed her on multiple occasions. Mm. And then she met the love of her life, my stepdad, and they were together for five years, but then she got sick and she mm. passed. And up until the end, she kept saying, God's so good to me. God's so good. Mm. Um, and I was like, you know what? No. And, and mm. my, you know, my whole family is telling me she's right. Don't lose your faith. Uh. Your mom would want you to keep your faith. Um, but the biggest thing I've learned from her, I believe that she deserved to live as I'm living now. I believe mm. that she deserved that freedom and she wanted it. She was just scared and she didn't understand how to get it. Mm. Um, and so I have been kind of living for her as well. Mm. Um, yeah. She always told me to be the light and I know she meant that to be a godly thing, but mm -hmm. I already know that I am a light because of her mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, I'm out here, um, and I know she would be proud of me. You know, my, mm. my I've been, I've been, people have tried to tell me that she wouldn't be, um, mm, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But she knew that I was yeah. queer. She mm. knew that I was unique and opinionated and mm. all of these things that make me who I am. Mm -hmm. And she never put her doctrine above me. Mm. She was the yeah. one person who never did that. And I'm so grateful because mm. it's given me the strength to mm. talk about it now and to be the person that I know she raised me to be and to mm. be a light to others um, and to kind of carry that piece of her with me. So I just wanted to say how important that that she is to me and, and how influential, you know, mm. she, she really, I wouldn't be talking about this today yeah. if her journey mm. hadn't really opened my eyes. Mm. Wow, so so inspirational and so powerful. And like I just want to say like thank you again for sharing your story and like um just the strength, the resiliency to get here. And I love your passion for sharing your experiences because there are many others suffering out there. And like you said, there's a thousand many yous out there <laughs> who are suffering. And, you know, and when you find out that you are not alone and there's someone else who's been through what you've been through and they've come out on the other side better and learning to thrive and, and learning to be themselves and be human, that can help people get out of those environments. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking to me to see how people don't really care about you in that environment. Yeah. And once you change or go against that binary system, then they suddenly seem to care, but not really. Yeah, um, they're angry. Honestly, they're angry, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> and and again, it's like, where were you at such and such time? And it's and and sadly, like a lot of us in these situations. We have, like you said, like you found that inner strength inside of you to find those resources, to find what you need, to find your passions and a different way to find that joy and live your life. And like, like you were saying, it's not easy. 
um, I recently reposted a video how um, this person, they were talking about how it was an eye-opening realization of how um, the wide Wait, path- oh my God, was it the TikTok? I yeah. saw that. I, I loved that. <laughs> it was something like the wide path was really living, like having religion and having this structure, but the narrow path was leaving that institution and yes. having to figure things out yourself because yes, it's hard. That was such a big thing I was taught. They were always like, the wide path is like the easy path, the path of sin and, and living your own <laughs> life. And the narrow path is Christianity. It takes effort <laughs> to be here. And I'm like, maybe some mental acrobatics to keep the logic. <laughs> yeah. But the, the narrow path is 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 definitely stepping out on your own and saying, mm. justice for me. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, all the questioning that you have to do, it's not easy. It's so easy to be told what to do, what to think, how to feel, and go with it. And like we were talking about, there are things in our lives that force us to question that. And also it just, for some people, it just, they're like, no, like this is not working for me. This is not making my life better. This is not healthy. And I would say even for the people who are in that kind of environment and think that it's good for them, I would say long-term <laughs> when it comes to like psychological growth and intellectual growth and emotional, I don't think it is. Oh yeah. It but... definitely, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> promote personal growth at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> if, if you want to have a full, happy human life full of experiences and knowledge and all these things, you're going to have to step away from that. It's just, mm -hmm. they can't exist in the same space happily. Mm, yeah. But yes, I wanted to thank you again so much for coming on and thank you for sharing your story and again, like sharing that and showing that inner strength and i'm so glad that you are still here and able to share your story and inspire so many others for people listening thank you so much for having me um it feels like a weight off my shoulders oh, for sure that's um, great and for anyone listening and for you my dms are always open oh. um i'm always open to talking about experiences if, if people are struggling um mm. For sure. But thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes, of course. It was my pleasure. And thank you for everyone who was listening. And this was Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon. And the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon. And the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger.